Amen. And what a great song. Overcome. That's the Greek word nikao, Romans 12.21. Nikao, where we get the word Nike from today. It means victory. Uh, in Romans it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We are overcomers. We are kingdom people because our Savior is an overcomer. Through the power of his blood and the word of his testimony, he's an overcomer. But we are in the pits. <laughs> Today's message is called Praising God from the Pits. You know, I want to make sure you understand it's okay to say this stinks. It's okay to say this isn't great. Uh, this is monotonous. It's okay to, to state it, but it's, it's, it's not right to become bitter and angry, uh, to become ugly about it. We're different because we're kingdom people. Because we're kingdom people, we don't need to pretend that this doesn't stink. When the virus hit, the unseen enemy, as our president calls it, that stunk. We started hearing about things and knew that it was coming our way. But then last week, Steve Porter passed, Pastor Steve. And that, that was a heartbreak. No, Lord, not, not now. What a, not now, Lord. We love Pastor Porter and Jan and the family. And God, we, man, but we just didn't want to see this happen when we can't gather around them, throw arms around them and, and love on them. And, and then we started hearing about the stay-at-home order, have to be stuck in our homes, not to leave, not to go out and do anything unless necessary. And that, of course, leads to loss of jobs and loss of income. This stinks. And then this week we get the word that Pastor Bob won the race. Oh, you know, he had that ongoing joke with him and two of his friends, David Borst and Doug Robertson, who's going to get to heaven first? And they were going to see who is going to win that race. Who is going to get there first? And then Steve Porter snuck in, unannounced, joined the race and won. He got there first. But out of the three buddies, Pastor Bob won the race. He got to go see Jesus. And then he said that Jesus was immediately going to take him to see his brother, Pastor Bob's brother. But man, this stinks. No, Lord, not now. Not now during this time. We want to gather. We want to, we want to be together. We need to come together at this time, and yet we're forced to be apart. We could become angry and bitter and ugly. It made me think about people in the Bible that lived in the pits. Obviously, Joseph. Joseph is actually in, a, in an actual pit. That's what the picture is on your screen. Paul and Silas was in jail. They're doing the right thing, yet they're in jail. What do they do? They praise. Job suffered through terrible trials and some really bad friends. And then John the Baptist, he was beheaded and Peter ended up being crucified upside down on a cross. These are, these are the pits. These are terrible things. Stephen was martyred. On and on it goes. Bad things happen to God's people. Yet we're kingdom people. So this morning I want to make sure you understand that this is the pits. But the question is not, will the pits come? The question really is, is how will I respond? How do we respond during this time as kingdom people? How do we respond when things aren't going the way we thought that they should go? I'm reminded of a, a guy just struggled with having a bad attitude, but he wanted to be a, a parachute jumper. He wanted to jump out of planes. And as the story goes, he, he went to instruction and did all the things he was told to do. But then on the jump day, uh, he was given these four key instructions. He was told, when we get up to altitude, uh, you're going to jump when you're told. 
And then you're going to count to 10 and pull the cord. Thirdly, in the unlikely event that nothing happens, pull the emergency rip cord. And fourth, when you touch down on the ground, there'll be a truck there that'll take you back to the airport. So they went and got in the airplane. They took off and they got up to altitude. And, and this guy was just mumbling and bumbling about something was going to go wrong. And he just wasn't happy. He just didn't have a good feeling about it. But yet they got to altitude, opened the door. Somebody touched him on the shoulder and said, jump. So he jumped. He counted to 10 and he pulled the ripcord and nothing happened. Then he reached over and he grabbed the emergency cord and he pulled that. Nothing happened. And of course he said, great. And I imagine the truck's probably not going to be there either. (laughs) You know, when things go wrong, they seem to go really, really wrong. And for us right now, we're all experiencing this kind of a world in the pits Maybe you're getting tired of the people you're in your home with. We want to admit that, but boy, uh, we can get on each other's nerves. I heard through police uh, that the evidence of domestic violence has just skyrocketed. People are stuck at home and not being able to handle relationships. And this is a hard time. It's a hard time. How do kingdom people respond? Well, go ahead and ask me what's the big idea. Everybody with Barry now, ask me, what's the big idea The big idea this morning is I must praise God perpetually in the present. We are kingdom people. We are praising people. So we must praise God even in the pits. Sometimes we live in the palace. Sometimes we're down in the pit. But we must perpetually praise God in the present, no matter what the present circumstances are. A key verse for us today and the one that I have for our memory verse for our children. And uh, parents, you should learn this with them. It's sound... Psalm 46, 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Uh, David knew that well. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. We might be in the pits, but we're not alone. And the Bible makes it clear that the pits are promised. If you follow along and taking notes, you can click these things in. Or if you downloaded it, write these things in. There's some great verses here. The pits are promised to the good and the bad. The Bible says the sun shines on the evil and the righteous. And he makes the rain fall down on both. And so we are in the pits as kingdom people right now. But 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, it tells us that the pits are, are what assesses our authenticity. In all of this you greatly rejoice, kingdom people praising people. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Oh, we're, we're in the pits, but God promised us the pits will happen. It's all about how we respond. And the pits are what assess our authenticity. If you're authentically a child of God, you can admit that this is the pits, but we're still going to praise him. The Bible also tells us this in James 1, 2 through 4. This produces perseverance. The pits will produce perseverance in you if you let it. The Bible says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. God's got a plan in this. None of this was a surprise to him. 
And we all are going through this as kingdom people, letting God work in us. It assesses our authenticity. It produces perseverance. And then finally in this, it boosts our bravery. Yes, in John 16, 33, we're told these words. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I want to go back to those three words, but take heart. Take courage. Boost your bravery. You have a God in these pits. He's with you. He's not distant. He's not far off, and he's not surprised. This isn't come upon him unknowingly. We must praise him perpetually in the present. The pits are promised. I know Christopher Card, our worship director, would like this. We must be praising people, not people who do praise. It's easy to come when you're living in the palace and everything's going good and show up at church and raise your hands and praise him. It's easy to come and do worship, but we're not called to come and do worship. We're called to be worshiping people, praising people, kingdom people. Somebody copy that. Put that right on Facebook right now. Send it out on Instagram, whatever you call TikTok, whatever, all these things. Send that quote out. Christians, kingdom people, we must be praising people, not people who do praise. Our praise should be about God's character, not about our feelings in the situation. Our praise shouldn't be based on how we feel right now in the pits. Our praise is about who God is, even when we're in the pits. So I want to take us to a passage today. It's 2 Chronicles 21 through 25. We're going to walk through and go on old school today. We're going to the Old Testament because I believe there are great stories there, true historical stories that happen that should give us hope, boost our bravery, so we know that our God is that same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God who was there is here for us today. There's other people that have been through the pits, some, some worse than what we're experiencing. So I want to walk through this text this morning. 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 25. And the first thing we're going to see is some impending doom. Are you feeling like you're facing impending doom? Some of you have lost work, lost income. Are you fretting about how you're going to make it? Do you sense dread and doom is coming and you can't stop it? You don't know how you're going to get through? People have experienced this. God's people have experienced this before. Reading in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Munites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom. From the other side of the Dead Sea, it is already in Hazazon Tamar. That's the En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Can you imagine this? The words were, there's a vast army coming to destroy you. You've got three different nations that have gathered, and they're coming with a large group to overtake God's people. You need to understand that God's people already are in the land that he had promised them. And they had taken that land and they're living in it peacefully. And they've gone through a series of really bad kings. But Jehoshaphat, he's a good king. He's a godly king of Israel. And this godly king gets this word that these nations are, they're coming together. They're in unity to destroy you. And they're on their way. They're near. You talk about impending doom. As, as the king, he's probably sitting back thinking, oh my goodness, 
all the children, all the wives, all the people I'm responsible for. Maybe you're feeling like that in this situation of the pits. I'm responsible for for people and I, I don't have resources or my resources are waning. Maybe you feel like Jehoshaphat. Impending doom. They made a decision though. That's the second point today. After the impending doom was announced, Jehoshaphat declared a fast, but then an impressive decision was made. We're going to be in verse 4 there and move on. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek help. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard, and he said, Yahweh, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. Now, stop there just for a second. Jehoshaphat's not pretending he's not in the pits. It's not Christian to pretend that this doesn't stink. It's not spiritual and pious to act like there's no worry or concern. It's okay to declare it. Jehoshaphat declared to the Lord, hey, we're in the pits. But he was praising him in the pits. You notice how everything he said was, you are God. You did say. You have done. He was declaring the praises of his great God. Starting in verse 10, let's keep going. But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Oh, do you see the decision? Do you see the decision that Jehoshaphat made for the people of Israel? I love what he says there. We will cry out to you in our distress. and You will hear us and save us. He declared we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Praising God from the pits. Overcomer, Nikao, victorious. Jehoshaphat was claiming to be a kingdom person with a God, a child of God in an unshakable kingdom of God. Even though the doom was impending, even though it seemed like it was going to be no way out, there's nothing they could do. They made a decision to praise him. It goes on to say, All the men of Judah and their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. They worshipped him in this time. Oh, there was impending doom. There was an impressive decision that was made, but I got to read the rest of this story. It's wonderful. We see an incredible destiny. Oh, there's impending doom. Oh, there's got to be a decision made whether we're going to be kingdom people or not. Just like Jehoshaphat declared, God, you are our only salvation in this. There's an incredible destiny that's revealed. Let me read it. 
Then, verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Matanai, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord, Yahweh, says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Just take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord Yahweh will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I love the word came. The Lord heard his children's cries. There was impending doom on them. There was no way they were going to withstand this onslaught. But they made a decision to be praising people, to be kingdom people, to trust in the Lord. And God responded. He told them, take courage. This isn't anything that's out of my control. Stand and watch me work. The people heard that message and they made a second decision. They, they made another decision to trust him. Here's what they did. Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed down his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Would you worship or would you say, yeah, right? Are you the kind of person that, that hears the Lord's deliverance and you say, you want me to do what? You want me to be still and know that you're God? I should be doing something. I got to fix this problem. God told his people, you just need to stand there. You, you got to show up and stand there. I'll do the work. They made a decision, a second decision. After praising God, they made a decision to worship God. They fell down in worship before the Lord. Some of the Levites, the Kothites, and the Korites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. What do you think about that, Christopher Card? Super forte, or what was it called this morning? Double forte, extra loud. They praise the Lord mightily. And then early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army saying give thanks to the Lord our God and King his love endures forever that's where the song originated from can you imagine this the king tells his people we're praising people we're worshiping God our hope is in him we trust him alone so here's what we're going to do we're not going to stop praising we're not going to line up with our, our, our swords and guns and shields and horses and tanks. and We're not going to stand there just in case God doesn't do anything. No, we're going to stand there. We're going to line up like we're supposed to. But God has promised a victory. So we're going to send the choir first. We're going to start this thing with the people that sing. Those of you who are singers and musicians, this passage is for you. We send the singers out first. Because we're going to go first with worship and praise. We might be in the pits, but our God has promised to pull us out. And so Jehoshaphat sends in not the mighty men, not the warriors, 
but the warriors of worship. And they sing mightily to God. Oh, and then here's what happens. This is the key verse right here. The first few words, verse 22. As they began to sing and pray. As that the moment they began to sing, when they started praising God in this doom, the next three words are the Lord set. When they began to sing, the Lord did. When we began to worship, God does. God is going to do this. We begin to worship because we know he's a mighty God. What did God do? He set ambushes against the men of Amnon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And they, after they finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped, and they didn't lift a sword. They started singing worship. They started praising God, and God did. God does. He gave them the victory. Oh, it gets better than that. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. Wow! Go back to the beginning of the story. The moment someone shows up and said, King, there are three nations. They've joined together, and they're coming to destroy you. And Jehoshaphat said, We will worship the Lord. We will praise our God. We will go to him and we will declare that we know he is a good God. We will declare that he's mighty to save. You know, these armies, they came to destroy. They didn't know that God had another plan. They were just coming to deliver all they had at the feet of God's people. Wow. I know we're going through the pits. I've talked to God about it many times in the last few weeks. But I want to be a praising person. I want to be a kingdom person. I want Oakwood to have kingdom people that know they're a child of God, living in an unshakable kingdom of God. And no matter how difficult our times might get, we want to praise him from the pits. We want to worship him in our worry. We want to make sure that we're giving everything to our God because he has not changed. I want to give us three things to close with. And then Christopher's going to come and close us in a song this morning and I'll come back up and give some announcements. But I want to make sure you know that not only were the pits promised, but God's provision is promised. In Scripture, we learn that God sees me personally. You might be thinking this Old Testament passage, this God's people, Israel, they were special to him. He cared about them, but I'm just me. You need to know the Bible teaches us that God sees you too. He knows the numbers of the hair on your head. He knows everything about your future. Everything about your life has already been written in a book. Nothing is, is going to be out of God's control and understanding. In Psalm 34, 15, we read this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Oh, you're a kingdom person, so God hears you, and he sees you. The second thing I see in Scripture is he cares. Not only does he know, he cares about me passionately. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We have anxiety about this. We feel like things are out of control, but we cast those anxieties on him, praising people from the pits. And lastly, not only does he see it, 
He knows about it. He cares about it. He helps us. God sees me personally. He cares about me passionately. God helps me powerfully. The rest of the passage in Psalm 34 says this. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Friends, we've got a great God today. And this is the pits. It's okay to say it. But we have a great God. And we shouldn't withhold our praise based on our circumstances. We shouldn't be reacting out of our our certain situation right now. We ought to be praising people. We lost some dear brothers in, in faith. We lost some dear friends. And that's the pits. But they knew a great God. They're not here suffering in this anymore. They're okay. They're better than okay. They're getting all the plunder, everything that they couldn't have here. I was with Bob several times, and we talked about his tent, the body he was in. And it was decaying, full of holes, wearing down. We talked about the fact that something better was waiting. And you know what? He had that great faith. I know Pastor Steve Porter had that great faith, the blessed hope that they would be with Jesus. We're here in it. We're still in these pits. But we have a great God who cares. Will you trust him today? Oh, don't, don't accuse God of child neglect. If you were to think he wouldn't do anything, then you're talking about a God of child neglect, and that's not our God. Don't accuse him of that. He knows his children, and he cares about his children. He knows your name. There's a scripture I just want to add today, Isaiah 49, 13 through 16. Incredible passage that says this. Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby of her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Did you hear that? Your name is tattooed in the palm of our God. He has not forgotten you. His hands bear your name. You are secure in his hands. He's not forgotten. You can trust in him. You can praise him today. That's why Christopher's going to lead us in a song about praising him. And we're going to praise him. Oh, we're people of praise. We're kingdom people. I'm a child of God. I live in an unshakable kingdom of God. While these might be the pits, our God is good. He will deliver us. He'll either fix the situation or he'll send us home and then we'll be in a much better situation. But there is no doom. There is no doom for kingdom people. There's no doom for Bob today. There's no doom for Pastor Steve today. Oh, they're in glory. Their hope was in Jesus. Your hope should be in your father today who sent his son to die on a cross. That's how much he loves you. And when you accepted him by faith and said, God, I know that I'm a sinner. Please forgive my sin and come into my heart as my Savior and my Lord. When you said that and gave your life to God, your names were tattooed in his hands. He bears your name. He will not forget you. Praise him. Let's praise our God.